Hey, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the inaugural Comic-Con Revolution Chicago, Godzilla, King of the Monsters in 40X, and the pilot episode of Swamp Thing on the DC Universe app. Plus, Dark Phoenix becomes the lowest rated X-Men movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Wonder Woman 84 gets a trippy fun poster and the Chernobyl TV show manages to keep HBO buzz going post Game of Thrones. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, June 7th, 2019. This is Jason Mewes and for reasons best left between you and your therapist, you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Snooch to the nooch. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. We're talking, we're nerded. We're funny, disturbing. We're talking, we're nerded. We're spoiler alert. What's up, Lister? How's it hanging? Hey, you found it. You're here. Welcome to The Hang. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. And my name is Rugboy. He's the Rugboy. And he's the nerd. And we are missing one jock. Yeah, we're jockless. We are jockless. We are saying jock. We're just flapping in the wind. Yes, we're going to get really geeky. Probably. You know, so your listener is left with two grumpy old fucks, two grumpy old nerds, two grumpy two old pessimistic geeks. asshole, <laughs> jaded uh, Generation X assholes. You entitled fucking millennials. No, I'm kidding. You can listen. I love you. Don't stop Lasky listening. kids. This is what uh, who's talking to you right now. Guys who. Maybe sat by their TV. La- uh, that term latchkey kid, Rugs. I wonder if people even know what that means anymore. It literally meant you had, you went home after school, you had a key around your neck, you just let yourself in, and then I would just watch cartoons until my parents yeah, came home. Your parents had to work and make money. Correct. And they, they couldn't get a babysitter. Right. So if you were like old enough to like go to kindergarten, you're old enough to let yourself in your house and lock it and then wait till your parents got home. Isn't that crazy? And I think I was like maybe like eight year eight or nine. You were old enough to. Yeah. Like you would just leave it. Let an eight, nine year old come home alone in the house and do whatever they want. It was the. Yeah. Dude, that was like the part of the day I look forward to the most because I was like, I got the whole place to myself. What did you do as a kid? You just (laughs) ate cereal. I ate cereal. I watched fucking Transformers and Voltron. Yeah. And I raced home to watch He-Man and shit. Because there was good shit to watch as soon as you yes. got home from school. Yes. Like they figured it out. They're like, okay, we need something to entertain these kids. See, and, they want, and you have like a nice little block of cartoons. This is what's going to happen. When the jock is gone, we go long. That's the uh, jock. That is the man. We're going to end up talking about the way it was. There's no more after school cartoons. There's no more Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, there's no jock to tell us. Uh, it's like a millennial to tell us. Like, no one cares about what you're talking about. Here's the thing. I have a, we have a lot of audio of Anthony. You're like, I have this. Bro, do you even podcast? All right, that's a yeah. that's a classic. Then we lead into this one. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. That that's another a little bit into the modern era, and then we have a variation on that one. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, and those are great. Those are great. And now we even have T.J. Johnson from Voice for the Underground podcast talking about Anthony. Let me tell you about Tony. All right, Tony ruins lives. So, <laughs> I like that he calls him Tony. Tony, yes, like. 
I call him Anthony. I call him Anthony. Some of his friends call him Tony. Yeah, so it's like you have to really feel like at ease with Anthony to call him Tony and him like accept that Tony from you. <laughs> like it's not like whether like would I call him Tony. No. It's whether he would upset uh, accept me calling him Tony. It's like no, no, that's not that's not for you. I like using the long versions of names. I don't know why. <laughs> just seems it's more, just more formal. Yes, it's more sophisticated. What if someone tells you to use the short one instead, and then you use the long one anyway? And they get offended? I don't know. I yeah. know I know a lot of Michaels that are like, don't call me Mikey, whatever you do. Well, that's a little that's a little child, Mikey. But look, if you want some of Anthony, just scroll back to the uh, last thing in the feed. It is the spinoff show with Dope Pope. Talking nerd. Dope. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Good uh, conversation. Love the Pope. Yeah, about kaiju and 3D creature, 3D modeling, creature design, ZBrush. Uh, we'll see Dope Pope soon at G-Fest, which is a Godzilla convention. Speaking of conventions, Rugs, that we're going to do some reviews of some experiential things. It's been a busy fucking week. Yeah, you were doing something. I mean, along with my day Last job, week. yes, we, uh, we saw a lot of movies, went out to see a lot of things. So let's just jump right into that. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. Last weekend, we got press passes to uh, the first annual Comic-Con Revolution Chicago. Super thank you. Huge thanks to the organizers of the show for giving us the press passes. It's always a little thrill when you get that email and you're like, you've been approved. I was like, yeah, fucking better. Oh, That's shit. Awesome. And this one was actually like a little lanyard. I put it on the Instagram. And uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see it. And it said press uh, and it was really good. It was in Rosemont at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center nearby where they do the G-Fest. Uh, and it was a fun show. Anthony and I went on the Saturday. New show. First year. So kind of a- What was it like being press? Like, what did you do that was different than if you went on to a con? Nothing. It's just, a, you know, we just walked in. <laughs> it's just like, you don't have to pay. Did you like videotape stuff? Did you interview people? We no, it was kind of. We didn't do shit. We didn't do shit. It was oh, we just okay. walked. So why are you yeah. bragging about? It? I, don't, I don't know. Still, <laughs> you went to a still nice. Convention. Still nice to get the press oh, pass. Okay, I thought you interviewed somebody. Or you like? Oh, you ran into people. I, I do. Right? We did run into a lot of people. It was a it's small, modest show because it's first year, but ton huge artist alley, really focused on comic books, and not a bad guest lineup. We did run into Andrew Gildy. Comic book creator that was on, he's been on the show, recently on a spinoff show, has a Kickstarter running for Man of Sin, uh, and it was awesome to see him at a table, and his book was selling well. And actually, this Kickstarter, as we record right now, Friday, June 7th, four hours to go. Wow. His pledge was for $4,000. He's got 162 backers, and he's at $4,877. Hits his pledge and goes past it. Good for him. Good for you, Andrew. We backed it. We are one of those 162 backers. So uh, happy to support. So that was fun. And then I also saw this other dude we ran into, Wizard World, which we also got press passes uh, last year. Juan Gomez from Gomez Art. Remember, uh, Rugs, remember me talking about this guy who did this mashup of sports uh, marquees and then superheroes on top of it? Oh, yeah. You show me, though. Yeah, I have, I'll have a link in today's show notes. There's a link there. 
You can check them out on Facebook. And they're like, uh, they look like sports cards or something. Yes, they're like giant trading cards with like Chicago sports teams logos and then a different superhero. So you got like the Bears and the Hulk. They're really neat. They're really well done. He's an amazing comic book illustrator. You got like the White Sox and the Black Suit Spider-Man, the Cubs with the Red Suit Spider-Man. You can buy these prints. Check them out on Facebook. Gomez, con artist on Facebook. He does commissions. And uh, his stuff is great. It's just eye-catching. It is jock and nerd. Jock and nerd. Literally, jock and nerd art. Awesome. Then uh, I got, I bought some prints from legendary artist Mike Zek. I love Zek. Zek is great. If you don't know Mike Zek, you've definitely seen his covers for the Punisher uh, limited run series in the 80s. He did all. He drew Spider-Man. He, I think yes, he drew uh, the Secret Wars covers. Yeah. And he did the covers and the insides for the Craven's Last Hunt story in the Those late 80s. Those are great. So check this out. I had to buy this. He had a oversized print portfolio of all the Craven's Last Hunt covers. And you bought them? $50. All of them signed with a thing, authentic certificate wow. of authenticity. This is less than $10 a print for six of them. Wow. And I got to talk to him a little bit. He, very nice guy. Uh, he's doing some licensing work now, but he had all his prints out there and they were doing raffles. Uh, really, I gave him a podcast sticker. <laughs> I hope Mike Zek checks us out. <laughs> Maybe That'd Mike Zek awesome. uh, check Huge us fan. out. Yeah, we love Mike Zek. I actually, Andrew Gildy was giving out Jock and Nerd podcast stickers and so was Juan Gomez. So if you're listening nice. to this because you got a sticker at Comic-Con Revolution Chicago, thanks for checking the show out. You may have gotten a sticker. And then the weirdest thing, so I walk in and there's a small artist, uh, 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 guest spot, you know, area where the, where the, the celebrity guests are. And literally just sitting there is like Ming Chen and Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh shit. Just kind of sitting there. Were they talking or just sitting and not looking at each other? Yeah. They were sitting far from each other and just behind their table. On their phones. Yeah. Jake was on his phone a lot. Ming was out and about. So I went out to smoke a cigarette and, uh, Jake was, Jake the Snake Roberts was out there smoking a cigarette. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Did you say something to him? I had to. talked to everyone. I, look, I, ha- I felt bad bothering him. He's taking a smoke break. He's been sitting at this fucking booth all day. He's taking a smoke break. Now I got to fucking bother him. But I had to. I, all I said simply was I wanted to shake his hand. And I was like, your stories on the Joe Rogan podcast were amazing. Thank you for all the entertainment. And he was like, hey. he, he said, thank you. He's really tall. <laughs> Holy shit, he's a lot. Well, he's got to be over six feet yes, something, right? he's taller so. than Anthony. He's probably like 6'4". Even Anthony was like, whoa, he's tall. Like, he was a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. But overall, uh, nice, small, modest show. You know, he didn't have, like, a whole video game section, which it's not really, you don't want that there. It's called Comic-Con Chicago. And from talking to all of the vendors, like I asked Andrew, I asked well, Gomez, I asked Mike Zek, they all seem really happy. At the fact that it was very artist creator oriented, it wasn't too crowded. Uh, there wasn't a lot of cosplay people. There was some, but not not crazy. There like was annoying yeah, levels, not of annoying level. And as you know, it's I see those photos of San Diego where the the rows are just full of people, and you're like, how how do you walk through that? Like there doesn't seem to be any room to just walk because it's yeah. it was, it clearly wasn't like that. So it was nice. It was intimate. It seemed like all the artists knew each other. There's a lot of great work there to discover. So hopefully they'll do. Sounds like yeah. Is it new? It is. This was the first year they oh, did it. So yeah, they have you one. Think it's gonna grow probably. Yes, I hope so. The artists seem to love it. 
which I think is the important thing. So it was good. Thank you, Comic Con Revolution. Awesome. Hope we get more uh, passes and you can go more places. Uh, yeah. Do anything. Yeah. Look. Well, we're very <laughs> shortly we're going to talk about another thing we got just because we had a podcast. I should have done something. Yes, I know. But look, it's crazy. And sometimes you know you're I'm like just giving you shit because Anthony's not here to do it. That's a so. good point. But he was there too, and someone's got to do it. He wasn't fucking talking to anyone either. Oh which, shit! Uh, le- le- you expect him to? No, legitimately. No, you're the, the one that's going to do anything. That is my job. <laughs> I, I I will concede. But look, it was chill. I mean, I would do the same thing. You know, I was checking everything out. I didn't know if they're like if I got him to record a drop, they would ask for like it would cost money or whatever. I don't know. I just yeah. I didn't want. Okay. I just I wanted to. Uh, look at him from afar and say, oh, look, there's Jake the well, Snake. Well, you, you got a nice perk, so you yeah. enjoyed it. Absolutely. I recommend it next year for everyone. They they do one in Ontario and somewhere else. But convention season is starting, and uh, if you guys want to hang out with us and uh, some uh, G-Fest artists and some of our listeners and Godzilla artists, G-Fest is in July in Rosemont. Get your tickets. We'll be there hanging out with Dope Hope and Bilotti and Lenny. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, you should check that out if you can. I can't wait. Uh, for the listener, I want to let them know, get involved in the show. Join our Facebook group. It's called the Jock and Nerd Nation. You can go to our website, jockandnerd.com slash contact. Find links to everything. Is This is an exclusive closed group just for you where I have posted some uh, new videos. Rugs, you, you're doing some work. You're on video. We're getting some rug down videos. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. A review? Well, like, I, it was very good. So I was like, uh, I should do, I just saw like two movies. Yeah. And I'm like, I could do a review because I just had done a, a thing for uh, Lisa Morrison, right? Yeah, well, you did it. The awesome shout out for Lisa Morrison. And I was like, I could do like a minute yeah. YouTube thing if I could get a minute to like, uh, but the thing is like, I didn't rehearse it. I just went on and just started flapping my gums. Off the dome. Off the yeah. fucking dome. So it's weird. <laughs> so I, I said the videos to you. I was like, could you put these on YouTube? Yeah. And you did. Yeah. And I got a whopping seven views, Imran. Well, our YouTube channel <laughs> is maybe not the... I got to promote them and put it in a thumbnail and make it look nicer. Yeah. Really, the trick is what you're supposed to do with the algorithm, and this just requires more work, is I need to make a separate YouTube channel that just has that and then one that just has our long-form shows with the static image because it messes up... The channel algorithm, but fuck, who's going to do all that fucking work? I got to do more work? I'll do it. You need to start a separate channel? That's going to be better for the algorithm and for it to get uh, Sounds like a lot of bullshit. It does. But it's on Facebook also. It's on Twitter. Check out uh, Rugboy in the felt reviewing John Wick 3 and Godzilla. If people watch them, I'll do them and I'll put more work into them. But it's like if I'm going to get no uh, views, I'm not going to do it. Well, that's the thing, Rugs. You got to do more. You got to do it and keep doing it to get, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, the amount of work that has to go into it. Yeah. Like, I have to write things and remember things. Podcasting is so much more easy. Yeah. When you're talking, <laughs> yes. it just comes out, yeah. and I don't feel like a dick talking to myself. You got to, yeah, you got to talk to yourself. You got to rehearse. I love the effort. Check out the videos. Join the Facebook group. Uh, I'll do more. Yes. Good. No, that'd be great. Anytime you watch something. Uh, send it over. I'll put some production on it, tighten it up, make it look nice. But let's move on to another experiential thing we all did. So Rugs can join in, and here's the clue. We reviewed Godzilla King of the Monsters last episode. That's right. This time, we're going to review 
the 4DX experience of Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, shit. This one, huge shout out to Sarah, the marketing coordinator over at 4DX. She reached out to us. And she's like, you guys want some 4DX tickets? Sure. And we're like, fuck yeah. Oh, shit. Absolutely. And uh, Ruggs got to see it in 4DX. And there's the funny thing. Anthony and I saw Godzilla twice together within wow. the same week. We'd never see movies together. And I saw the same one twice. Yes, we saw the same one twice sitting next to each other. I saw it three times. Oh, you did. I think Lenny Romero is single-handedly uh, helping the box office because I believe he has seen it now. Eight times? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, you know, he believes in this film. Yes, so. good for him. And then he tweeted out a uh, a tweet from a Korean fan in Korea. This dude's seen it 20 times. Oh, shit. Jesus. So Lenny's, well, Lenny's got a lot of catching up to do. I think that's a, this is the first time I've seen a movie three times in a very long time. In a very short time, too, right? I, yeah. I usually double see the movie yeah. if I really like it. Yeah. I'll see it a second time, like a couple of days later or three days later. Um. But yeah, this is the first one where I was like, I'm going to see it twice. And then all of a sudden, like the day, the week it comes out, we got tickets to do this. So I'm like, I'm going to turn that down. So I got to see it three times. It was a little bonus. That's why we had to see it on, on Thursday. And I'm glad I saw the movie, Rugs. Do you agree? Before seeing it in 4DX. Did you see it 3D or, or just 2D? It, I, it was 3D, 4DX. Yeah, that's what I did too. Yeah. So, uh,. Let's talk about the 40X experience. I'd never been to one of these before. Have you been to one of these rugs? No. Uh, no. Anthony, I think he saw the Predator, that really shit movie that just that came out a little while ago. Oh. In 40X, and this is if you don't know what it is, listener, this is the ride experience. So walking in, we get to the theater, and I you sit in the chair, and they're they're higher than normal, and there's a little footrest. Right? Yeah, there's a foot rest. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's a fucking... There's no belt or anything. No, I thought there'd be like a seatbelt. I was like, where's the seatbelt? It looks kind of like a, a, a theme park ride. Yes, it does. Chair. Yeah, without any kind of bar. So you sit on the footrest, and then I noticed up along the side of the theater, the walls up above on a grid was these gi- rows of giant fans. Yeah. You know, pointing all different ways. And I was like, oh, boy. And I had no idea what to expect. I was really excited. So... You know, the movie starts, and the first thing that gets you is the rumble in the chair. And just like when I first got the PS4, I forgot that the fucking controller's rumble in your hand. Yeah. I was like, oh, ooh, oh, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, there's all kinds of shit going on. Uh, I, it was a lot of fun. What would you think of uh, the 40X? Well, okay, so I saw the movie twice already. This is the third time, and I was happy I saw this as the third one. Yeah. Because it added another level to the experience. Yes. And, you know, just when you're getting bored with the movie, you got something else to kind of, like, take the edge off. The the cool thing is that it, it can simulate, you know, feelings yeah, of yeah. going uh, you know, up, uphill, yep. downhill, like, flying, the camera flying around, and it kind of pans with the camera and turns with the camera. That part was crazy because at first, yeah, anytime the camera... It's disorienting, but it's cool at the same time. Anytime the camera's doing a, a flyby or a pullout or a... And, when it first started moving, I was like, whoa, is the seat moving or is that, that the screen? But then you get the feeling of leaning back, the feeling of leaning forward sometimes, and then just a smooth, like, rock around as the camera pans. I enjoyed that. Well, they kind of simulate, like, okay, so they, like it points down and then, and then the fans blow wind at you. Yeah, so it's almost yeah. like you feel like you're moving through the air. Yeah. So it kind of, it, it is like a cool, like, illusion, uh, just like when you go to a Universal theme park ride or something like that. Um, so you get that, you get, uh, 
like fog and air getting shot at you from like little things. So like when bullets are whizzing by in a gunfight, it feels like they're whizzing by your ear. That shit was crazy. So in the seat in front of you, there's a little like round half circle with slots in it. And uh, it caught me off guard a couple of times. Like when Mothra is 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 blowing the web at the uh, the scientist and the daughter in the beginning. It goes whoosh, real loud. It blows like fucking air and like yeah. mist right into your face. And a couple of times it caught me off guard. I was like, oh, shit. I yeah. was expecting that coming. And then the scents, rugs. Did you notice the smells? Faintly. Faintly. Like for me, I don't think my theater was that strong. When they were, every time they were in like the rainforest or it was outdoor, there was a lot of greenery. I noticed like the smell change. And I was like, you smell that? <laughs> You smell that? And then that one shot where they're in Colorado looking for Kyle Chandler, it just smelled like weed. Oh, shit. No, no it didn't. I'm joking. <laughs> just, that would have been great. That was me. I brought my own fucking effects to the movie. But, no, I the smells were interesting. And then when it really gets moving, like in the beginning where every step Godzilla takes, the thing goes up and down. It really starts to, like, rock you around, and I'm bouncing. I'm sliding out of the chair. There are times. Oh, yeah, I had to like readjust yes, many times. It knocks you off. And there are times where I'm just like, I f- it made me feel like a kid again. Cause I'm just like, whoa, what's going on? It does. It does give you a little bit of that, like, little fi- feeling of being on a ride. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you feel like a little kid. It, that's a very good way of putting it. It, it kind of was. I mean, the thing is, I don't know, two hours of this is a lot for people. Yes. It should be like. Maybe like an 80 minute movie or something like well, that. Well, it's but. not, I mean, you know, anytime it cut back to the humans, it, it settled down, you know, uh, and it would get more subtle. And then whenever the monsters were back, you were just fucking yeah. rocking, getting rocked around. Uh, listen to Ralph Bravo. I mean, this is a good movie to see it. Yes. With, yeah. No. To be honest with you. I, I, it definitely enhanced the action scenes for me. And I was like, uh, it's almost a little distracting because I'm trying to like, match the movement with what's going on in the move, movie and, and see how it would feel. But wow, is it a lot of fun. On Instagram, listener Ralph Bravo uh, sent me a message. He's like, how is the 40X? I, my son is a big Godzilla fan. Would he love this? And I was like, bro, it's so much fun. If I was a little kid and into Godzilla, this, yeah, it's like going on a roller coaster. You would yeah. think you're on a ride. I would love this. Now, would you do this often? I would do it for certain movies that I've seen once. I imagine... The uh, the effect is similar, right, for every movie. But I remember when Endgame came out, there was a graphic where they had uh, programmed different vibrations and movements for each character, like for each Avenger. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes and how they customize it to each movie. I think that's going to be key moving forward. Uh, but... It was a, it was a lot of fun. It was. I would uh, probably maybe like do this for like something that I've I like yeah. and I want to see it again, but this time get a more crazy experience while watching it. Like the John Wick three was in forty X. That might have been that could be fun. I could see that being fun. Yeah, maybe like a fa- I mean, Fast and the Furious movie would be fun. Like or something like that. the Avatars are probably gonna be good to watch. Oh, the Avatars would be amazing when you're flying around and the things rocking in it. Well, if there's even if like I think Aquaman could be cool. Yeah, yeah, Aquaman would be good. Because there's a lot of, like, moving through the ocean and yeah. stuff where it could kind of you get more immersed in it. I would ch- I would have loved to have checked out Endgame in this, probably would, or even Infinity War. A lot of fun. So what did you think of uh, seeing the movie a second time? Here? Well, a second time, uh, in I have to retract one thing I said in my review where I thought it was 
a lot of mon- like too almost too much monster action. On second view, I was completely wrong. It could I told you that. It could have used more monster action because the problem is there are large stretches of this movie where it's just kind of boring. Where yeah. the 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 conversa- the lines aren't compelling, the characters you're not you don't really care. And like Kyle Chandler just has horrible one-liners. Uh yeah. everyone does. So anytime the monsters were on screen it still is fucking great and it could have definitely used like you could have cut out scenes like the scene where ice cube juniors flying the plane into the other plane we cut that out put more monster in you know i don't know well i just think that they didn't show a lot of things they like skip over a lot of things in the movie yeah and actually that comes becomes more and more apparent yeah like the main the female scientist gets eaten and no one ever references no, it. Oh, yeah. She's like just, a major person. That's right. Like Sarazawa's like right hand person. And she got eaten. Not not a mention of it at all. Then like the fight in the water before they use the oxygen destroyer. Yes. They they don't show you that at all, really. It's like it's like kind of like all obscured. And then they don't show you they just throw the oxygen destroyer in without explaining that. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that I feel like got cut out of the movie that should be in there. Yeah, I could have definitely um, could have used more monster action. I would have yeah, been all right. Yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot of shots in this movie where shit's about to go down, and then they cut away. The plane yeah. rises up into the frame and cuts <laughs> it off. And the, it gets in the get out of my the way. Doors close. Like that reminded me of like 2014, where we're like, why are they doing this? I mean, they do it once. Kaiju tease as, as a little like uh, joke. Yeah. Like, Let I me ask you this. So spoilers if you haven't seen this. Spoiler alert. Uh, so that part after they revive Godzilla, you know, and then he he rises and he's in the middle of the ocean and he shoots the blue flame straight upward. Yes. What exactly is he standing on there? I saw the memes. That's is that's um, twelve thousand uh, feet yeah, deep that's- ocean. What's he standing on? Oh, I don't know what's going on. Bad here. filmmaking, but isn't that just like a Godzilla thing where he's just always like floating? He's just on top of the water. Nobody questions well, it. It would have made more sense if they, it's like they didn't cut to directly. Uh, I don't know. It's what they do is they cut to stuff. Yeah. Like if they, it would make sense if they encountered him like closer to shore. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that yeah, maybe because then uh, directly after that he dives into the water and swims away, and I was like, wait, what the fuck was he standing on then? Is there just a random platform in the middle of the ocean? Maybe. Well, no, maybe there I mean, is. Like, if you stand in the water and you go in the, you could swim in the water that you're standing in. Like, if it's a four foot pool, you can do that. So that doesn't bother me. Yeah, it's just the fact that <laughs> they just came from like the depths of yes, the ocean he's in and the got middle- shot up. Yeah. Everybody in that sub would be dead, first of all. Yes, they came, like, yes, they came up. Nobody got the bends. They didn't have to decompress. Yeah, they have like the monarch level uh, <laughs> submarine and you don't get the bends. In. And then, yeah, so it's like immediately after that, there's like, there was no like, and, you know, and, and this is another part they cut over. They completely glossed over is that um, when, when Ghidorah is over Washington, D.C. with that huge storm. Yes. And they're supposed to fight her off so she doesn't get to wherever she's supposed to get to. Right. They don't show you that. They just show you, like, maybe one plane shooting her, and that was, and then they cut away. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, I feel like compromises made here because, like, they're like, let's give you, like, three seconds, like, enough for you to get the idea, but then we're not going to really, like, play with it anymore, like. When they release the monsters all over the the world, you get like a couple of quick shots, yeah, 
and then that's it. They don't touch it. They, it's just like a little vehicle that's there, and then it comes in at the end of the movie where you see them approach Godzilla and bow, you know, whatever, like the Lion King. And shit. Yes, bend the knee to the yes. King of the North. You know what I can use more of? I love that one move where Godzilla, he uh, runs Ghidorah through the building. Uh, the, and the that's whole, great. That's one of the greatest shots of the movie. That, that, I could have used a lot more of that. Just yeah. fucking throw Kaiju into buildings, knock some buildings over. Yeah. Or he just charges at him. And, uh, you know, he's able to fight three flying monsters and he can't fly and still fucking wins. So he got body slammed. He got body slammed and thrown around. It was, oh, it was great. The monster action is still amazing. So huge thanks to, uh, 40X people for giving us these comp tickets. Rugs, let's talk about the box office a little bit because we didn't have numbers uh, oh when this started. And, you know, you're, What's it, what are they at now? Well, the movie opened to $49 million domestic. Right. Okay. Right now, it's at $63 million domestic worldwide. It's at $193 million uh, worldwide on a $170 so, million dollar budget. So it'll probably make another $20 million this weekend. Or something like that, maybe 18. Well, right? yes. Well, look, we'll talk about Dark Phoenix later because that comes out. But it it may. Uh, it's a crowded weekend. It's a crowded weekend. But uh, they're saying Dark Phoenix may not open at number one. Maybe Godzilla does remain. Well, they got that Life of Dog movie top. or Secret Life of Pets 2. Yeah. So like if it's also people, coming out. I don't know if that's like a really popular thing, but because I don't really know what these kids who, who watch these movies are it's got kevin like, hart as a cute bunny yeah i don't know but i mean it made a shitload of money before so i think it's gonna make at least 50 60 million it's a cute so, i see i've seen the first one it's cute it's a cute yeah. little animal comedy yeah you know. i don't know if people are clamoring for it though. that's the thing but um i don't know if it's gonna make more than 20 million i think it's gonna make maybe 18 if we're lucky yeah and that'll Boosted up to what? Like uh, it's at what sixty three now? Yeah, domestic. It's at sixty three. So it'll make it eighty, eighty million, and then by next week, the whole entire week, it'll pick up another like fifteen, twenty million. So I mean, you and then so it'll 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 get to a hundred. I think overseas it's doing good. Obviously, I don't. You know, you can argue that maybe it's not quite the off box office bomb everybody wants to think it is. It is making money. What I can't understand. Is that how movies that are way dumber, like Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Venom, way dumber movies made so much money. That if that's the case, this movie is not that dumb. It has amazing monster visual CGI, amazing action scenes. It should be making that mad, big, dumb money around the world. And it's not. So that that's just that's weird. That's unfortunate. I think the reviews, I think, took a big chunk out of this movie. That's I mean, I've been saying, yeah, that, like, yeah, nods, yeah. But I think the people who reviewed it, which they're very right to like think that the characters are lame and whatever, uh, you know, that the story's like ridiculously <laughs> bad. Um, it is. It's bad. Then some of the performances were like, you know, like. Some of them were, were all of them were good, but they weren't amazing. You know I, mean, I mean, they did get they like they got great actors and gave them shit lines. But yeah, I I think it's they're a little harsh. Like it's still a very yeah. entertaining movie. I think that if the Rotten Tomato score was even a anywhere near like the upper fifties, it would be more fair than to be down in the forties. I think it, it could at least put it on a five point five or five point six. You know what I mean? A little bit just above average, you know, because I think it's better than like 
most of the Dwayne Rock, the Rock Johnson movies, you know, yeah. and those always fucking make shitloads of money and, you know, and stuff like it's that. It's still at 40%, uh, five, five point oh nine out of 10 average rating audience score, 85%. And, uh, I mean, th- yeah. this is a movie. I mean, look, it, it, if you're looking at a movie and to, to judge it as a actual, like, like the script and all that stuff, like we do all the time. Yeah. And you, you can, you could totally fucking skewer this thing. There's so far so many problems with this movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but it also coming as a fan. It gives you what you want as a Godzilla it, fan. It's like it's done something that no American movie has. Like we had ninety eight, it was a fucking joke. Yeah. Right? It didn't resemble Godzilla in any way. Nope. It fire. Yep. It, it got killed by a missile. That's not Godzilla. He's in like Matthew Broderick's the hero of the movie, really. Yeah. So that was so bad. And then we had 2014, which was like, okay, we're going to give you Godzilla, but we're like, none of his bad guys and uh, none of his music, none of his, none, no real reference to the universe. A slow setup, though, to him. And though it was a beautiful filmmaking, yeah. uh, it was just uh, very, very slow. And, you know, the main character, uh, Switcheroo with Brian Cranston, wasn't the greatest. It was a fine film, but this one is trying to appeal to those fans, yeah. trying to acknowledge those fans and all the things that like they said about the last movie, you know, more Godzilla ties to Toho, the music, the, the monsters tried to bring bridge those two together somehow. And it was messy because they're two different things, right? Yeah. So you got the 2014 movie was like an earnest attempt at creating like a reality. Yeah. And then you have this like total wacky shit that they're trying to make to work together. And so it's going to be clunky. Um, but so I understand why it went this way. But I, I don't really see like how other people don't see that as well. I mean, and, and it puts uh, Kong Skull Island in a very interesting light. The more I think about it, because I think it has like that better balance of monster action to people action. Well, that's the thing. It's like. If you would have seen it, if the, you would have seen this movie only and not the other ones, yeah. it would be different because you'd be like, that's the first kind of movie of, of its kind like that. But we've seen better ones, you know? Yeah. So Kong's is better, is better in a lot of ways, more balanced. Um, still has cheesy lines and crappy exposition and stuff, but the balance is better. Like there's more Kong, there's the actions is in the bright of day. Uh, yes, day, a, a daylight action scene would also help maybe in this movie. Well, the way that the action is framed in it is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So in this one, it's I think for some reason the idea was to show you what you wanted to see, but then cut away and then show you something else. So that you're getting more, uh, I guess. Like almost like a storyboard moment. Yeah, you're getting the yes, you're getting the just the uh, splash like pages. Snapshot, yeah, yeah, the yeah. splash page yeah. of like okay, them clashing. Okay, cut to this. Them doing something else. Then cut to that. This iconic pose. Then cut to that. But then you don't see it actually transpiring and moving like like it should. You know, it doesn't doesn't breathe. Yeah, you don't very claustrophobic. Yeah, you don't see the transitional uh, moves from one yeah. thing to another. So there is more, but it's just not as satisfying. So now we've reviewed it twice. I know. I, we were just supposed to talk about the 4DX, which yeah. is a lot of fun. So I do recommend, if you did like this movie, check it out in 4DX because uh, there's it, some fun. It's it's very immersive. 
and shit gets blown in your face. It's great. When you're- you should check it out. The only thing uh, I would have liked is that uh, when you're watching a Godzilla movie, there's a lot of like heat. I would have liked hot hair to be blown. Uh, that would have been interesting. That would have been cool. I liked how there was also additional lights on the side that would light up whenever there was lightning or Ghidorah yeah, was on was screen. Cool. I was like, whoa, where's that light coming from? Uh, so, uh, but no, but no critiques. Hot air would be nice, like a sense of warmth. I was also like with the sense, I was impressed that they were able to clear yeah, the sense. You wasn't didn't smell it. I definitely no. smelled shit. But then it didn't linger, and like it would get blown away, and then they would, it would be, you know, they would cleanse the palate. Because I was like, if you introduce a scent, uh, how do you get rid of the scent? You know, when the scene goes to somewhere else. But it, it was fine. It went away, and there were, I was like, "Whoa, what is that? It smells like outside. It smells like a forest." It was great. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna try it again. Yeah, go see it in 40x. All right, rugs. We can take a quick break, play some promos, and we right. we will come back and talk about Swamp Thing on DC Universe and do some news from the nation right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. And welcome to the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. Hey, Ian. Yeah. Did you know you could find us on the Danger Entertainment Network? Danger? Danger Entertainment. That's right. Sounds dangerous. It it is. It's it's a tad bit dangerous. You'd be shocked to find that out. You know, there's a bunch of great podcasts you can find there. Our friends from the History of Bad Ideas podcast, Who the What Now, Besotted Geek. No, they retired. That's right. They retired. They retired. But there are a bunch of other great podcasts you can find there, along with us. Yeah, we're the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, and we do pop culture and chili cheese dogs and whatever else floats our fancy. Yeah. Check us out. For sure. For sure. We're we're on most podcatchers, so give us a look. Peace. Hey, my name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not that animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think it is on the scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except with more poo jokes. New episodes go live every Thursday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Or you can visit us at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. <laughs> Varmints! Varmints! See, that's Anthony too. He's, uh, wait, I got another clip of Anthony. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible. Oh, wait, that's a Raymond Burr. I'm sorry. Oh. That's not Anthony. Uh, listener, if you've been enjoying the show, you want to support the show, give back, make sure that this show keeps coming out every week, and get bonus content. Join our fan club. Visit jockaneer.com slash Patreon for a whole exclusive RSS feed with bonus content. All the shows come out early. There's jock talk. There's instant reactions. There's movie reviews, uh, post shows, lots of extra stuff. When you run out of stuff to listen to in the main feed, you can go back, check that out. There's also tiers where you get stickers, T-shirts, a chance to come on the show. A lot of fun stuff. Check it out. Jockinair.com slash Patreon. Rugs, let's talk yes. about 
Swamp Thing on DC Universe because uh, the first episode has dropped. Uh, actually, today, the second episode has come out. Right. And it's canceled. Oh, shit. Now. <laughs> so they put it out and they immediately canceled. Well, look, we will get before. I know there's a whole. I think I know what happened. It's there's conflicting reports. They have canceled the show. What this. But what you need to understand is all 10 episodes will air. It's not going. They're going to put it out every week. Um, but I wanted to review the pilot. Here's your spoiler alert. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This show created for DC Universe by Mark Verheden and Gary Doberman based on the DC character created by Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. He's the man. Both legendary creators. Len Wein recently uh, passed away, I think, last year, two years ago. He also Didn't he also invent Wolverine? I don't know. That's probably... It sounds Len Wein, I can't remember. But Bernie Wrightson, unbelievable illustrator. Uh, the, produced... By James Wan. And uh, cast-wise, you don't really know a lot of these people. You have uh, Crystal Reed playing Abby Arcane. Yeah, she was from Teen Wolf. Oh, okay. Virginia Manson is a big name. You should know her playing Maria Sunderland. Uh, this dude, Andy Bean, playing Alec Holland. Yeah, i never seen him. i never seen him before. And then Derek Mears actually in the Swamp Thing costume credited as playing Swamp Thing, and then Will Patton uh, also in this, and Jennifer Beals, Flashdance herself, as a cop. Ian Ziering is also in this series, but no, he's not. He is. He's later. He's in the series later. Get the fuck yeah, out of here, he, Ian. Good old nine hundred two. That's why they canceled. <laughs> anytime you, you put Sharknado guy, anytime you put Ian Ziering no. in something, you better be writing a shark. Yes, he uh, maybe in the swamp. <laughs> Look, the show deals with Abby Arcane. Uh, as she's a CDC uh, person, she works for the CDC, and there's this crazy virus in Louisiana, Murray, her hometown, where the vines seem to come alive and just impale people. It's pretty fucking cool. Deadly swamp-born virus. She runs into Alec Holden. We slowly learn about she has a past in this town. She may have caused the death of somebody, and the, the parents uh, are the, the money people. Of her friend that got killed. And they've hired Alec Holland. And they're all there to investigate this crazy mutagen accelerated vines that are going nuts. And there's some serious body horror and really disturbing, dark, scary moments in this first yeah, episode. It was like the thing on the Yes, it reminded me a lot of the thing. Uh, and it moves pretty fast. And by the end, you do see Alec Holland turn into the Swamp Thing. Uh, they didn't waste any time getting to that, which is great because there's only 10 episodes. But overall, Rugs, I was really impressed. I really, I enjoyed the the dark mood of this, the take. The the Swamp sets look great. It had the right vibe. Uh, I'm totally in. I'm happy with the first episode. What do you think? I mean, it's almost on its way to being like an HBO show. Yeah. It almost felt like an HBO show, but um, there's a couple of things that kind of like, you know, let you know that it's not. Uh, I did enjoy that whole scene in the morgue. That was that was. I thought yes. that was like, whoa, that's definitely something to see, and, they, and it was handled pretty good. The, and the 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 effects look good. The the props, yeah. the the corpse with the vine kind of propping him up and breaking him apart, and it was just horrific. Uh, the some of the CGI on the vines is a little iffy, but 
Yeah. I'll, I'll allow it because the practical shit seem very cool. And when you finally get to see, you see him in the dark, you don't really, but it, the costume looks uh, very comics accurate. I thought the costume looked good. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Alec Holland and Abby Arcane's relationship so far? Cause in the comics, you know, he's like in love with her and they literally just meet like in one yeah. day. And they have a special bond. They don't really force anything. There's a couple of like gazes and stares that they have that you you could tell they have a special bond and she's starting to respect him and trust him and tell him what happens. And, yeah. And I just it came out of the blue. Like he goes to go check on these uh these drops that someone's dropping this mutagen and then just fucking gets shot. Why can't they have started the show with them already knowing each other? Yeah. They had to meet each other right away. Yeah, it would just seem clunky. They didn't have to do that. That's a good point. They could have known each other like when they were kids. But he didn't grow up there. She. This is her hometown. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, the whole meeting. It's just that they're they're in love with each other and they work uh, on plant shit. I hope, like, I mean, are you going to buy that he's, like, you know, all into her now that he's a swamp man and he's uh, he's swamp ass? Uh, did they really create enough bond to where yeah. I'm going to buy that he... I feel like that it's... Yeah, there's, it's not enough there to hang a whole show on as far as a relationship. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, but production wise, like it, I thought, it, it looked it looked really good. I mean, it's dark, but it's not too dark. Uh, and uh, I thought the cast was good. And the fucking acting was good. No, it was it was handled pretty well all, all around. You know, better than I thought it was going to be. But like they they killed it with Doom Patrol. Uh, right. Titans, I think so far is like the weakest. It's just uneven. Like that show didn't really know what it wanted to be, and it was trying different things. Doom Patrol, I thought was way more confident. This is definitely confident uh, in terms of where it wants to go. Where do you think it's going to go? I mean, it's going to be ecological, you know, like fighting eco terrorists, maybe, and uh, just more creepy body horror vines, you know, bursting through people. And killing them. Uh, I'm not really sure like who the bad guy is. Or well, what do you think it's going to be? Like, because it's going to be this existential. Like, or is it more? He's a misunderstood. Is he a misunderstood monster? Or is he just kind of like this kind of like Jason or some kind of like that's the thing? thing that yeah, kind of yeah. does stuff. I don't know if he's going to be a force, and then people and you know she's going to try to get people to understand that he's not a monster and he's trying to help. I'm, I like I like the girl playing Abby Arcane. So what happened with um, the cancellation? What's the story? Well, about? here's what happened. Reports uh, about a month ago when they were in production, report came out that after they were they made 10 episodes, it was supposed to be 13 and they had shut down production after 10 episodes. All right. And that was weird. Then the report comes out the other day, Swamp Thing canceled like a, days after they premiered the first thing. Initially, it was they said the, the 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 studio didn't like the direction the show was going in. Then another report comes out from North Carolina local news where they filmed claiming North Carolina uh promised Warner Brothers forty million dollar tax rebate that ended up getting diminished because of a paperwork error. So the $40 million would have covered half of the first season's budget, which is estimated to be about $80 million, which is that's not a bad budget for 10, 13 episodes for Swamp Thing. Yeah. They're giving $80 million. That's amazing. Uh, after the, the uh, alleged accounting error, the tax break was sitting at around $13 million. 
So the, they're saying Warner Brothers is like, well, this it's not enough to continue making this. To, we're going to lose money. Um, and they canceled the show. Now, I just saw another report. North Carolina Film Office denies reports that there was miscommunication over tax breaks. The North Carolina Film Office is saying someone swindled them. I don't know. The the North Carolina Film Office is saying they knew their whole time. They signed a contract that said there that in total they were getting thirteen million dollars tax break. In fact. We only get $31 million annually for tax breaks. The max for a project is around 12, 13 million. So they're conflicting reports. I don't, I don't think it has to do with the creative direction because I think the show's getting good reviews and it looks great. And I like the direction it's going. Maybe someone in between to swindle them. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like it's somebody's like, like knew it and like, fuck it. It's going to be too late to go back. And it's going to be a hit. And then people are going to want to, Pony, they're going to want to pony up for the money to, to do it. So you someone's know? messing with the paperwork in between the production office I and mean, the North I can't Carolina see how this was such a, state such a government mistake happened. I'm hoping that they can move to another state. Uh, I heard possibly Georgia or shoot it in Louisiana. The, you know, the swamp stuff is a set they built in North Carolina. It's not an actual swamp, obviously. Yeah, why, they could film this in a fucking lot. They don't even They could film it anywhere. You just the got picturesque sh- swamp. Yes. You know, it's like it's complete bullshit. It's a, yeah. I and I thought it looked great. Like the set looked fucking yeah. awesome. The detail is great. So, just, you know, pick up product, but then you got to pick up production, go to another state and rebuild everything. It's I don't know. It's kind of crazy that it's already canceled and like I'm I I was excited for the show to come out. Now, there's more things, Rugs, that compounds all this. Also, Sci-Fi canceled a bunch of shit recently, too. There's a lot of cancellations. Happy canceled after two seasons. Deadly Class. Remember we watched Deadly Class? Yeah. Uh, you know that joy that show Killjoys with Hannah Joy Kamen? That's canceled. Canceled. There was a George R. R. Martin sci-fi show called Night Flyers. Canceled. Right, nobody watched. Nobody watched that. But Sci-Fi canceled a bunch of shit, uh, so these things can possibly be shopped around to a number of other networks. Here's the other thing that I think is complicating things because in the same report, it also mentioned that Warner Brothers is reevaluating the DC Universe streaming service altogether. Dun, dun, dun. Oh no! Oh shit! Ominous music, please. Because here's why. They're planning next year, March of 2020, Warner Media is launching their own streaming service. Uh, first of all, it sounds really expensive. They, they're saying it's going to be 16 to $17 a month, Rugs. Get the fuck out of here. Here's the thing. What, this, this app, Warner Brothers, owns all these brands. HBO, TBS, TNT, DC Entertainment, CW, New Line, CNN, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, True TV, Turner Classic Movies, The Criterion Collection, and more. Now, if you pay for HBO now, you it's $15 a month, right? For $2 more, you can get HBO probably and all this other stuff. I don't know if that's why they're pricing it so high because Disney Plus, $7 a month. Then Netflix is a little bit more than that. Hulu, you can get for $5 a month. Warner to come out with their they have a hundred years of of content, but it's seventeen dollars a month. 
Uh, I, I gotta wait and see because I don't know the DC app is garbage. So uh, I gotta wait and see. I don't, you can't change the size of subtitles. Oh, you can't the on the DC app. They're just no giant or they're gigantic and they take up the whole <laughs> bottom. And so if you listen to subtitles, if you watch subtitles yeah. like I do, yeah. at night. So uh, my TV isn't loud. Yeah, I do the same. I have the subtitles on. Mine aren't that big. I didn't notice they were that yeah, big. Yeah, living in an apartment, these fucking people. I don't yeah. like them. No, so, but I didn't think they were that big on when I I watched with subtitles. I didn't think they were. No, they're huge. They're super huge. And you can't change the size. We, you can't in that just m- just move font. move your your sofa back farther. Then <laughs> it'll get smaller. It just blocks the picture. It does. It does. And it's distracting. It's distracting. So, I mean, this would be a real shame if the whole DC Universe app goes away because they're like, well, we're just going to put everything on here. Look, that makes more sense. I would m- much rather pay for that product than this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's not even a, it's not even close. Will it have the comic books, though? I do. Do you rate? Do you not enjoy the comic books? I don't know. It's not even like all the comic books and how I want to see them. It, it is, uh, you can read it page by page or panel. I mean, there's now over 20,000 comics, uh, in there, right. but I don't really skim through them that much. I was trying to read some of the swamp thing stuff. Uh, I don't know. We'll see there. This streaming war is going to be heating up month after month. Uh, you know, NBC universal is going to have a streaming app. Warner brothers has a streaming app. Disney plus has a streaming app. And also in the meantime, they're pulling all their shit off Netflix leaving it with only its original content. Is that still worth it for Netflix? Everything's going to be shaken up. I haven't watched Netflix in a while. I'm waiting for something to come Well, on. Black Mirror season five, three episodes is out now. Yeah, but that's like it's three hours. Did you watch any? No, of I yet? have not watched it yet. And they're, they're an hour. They're about an hour. So that's three hours. Stranger Things season three, uh, fourth of July. That, I'm look, that's in a while. Looking yeah. forward to that. And uh, there's just a bunch of other stuff on the Netflix. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, no, that's uh, it's gonna be. I'm 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 gonna watch. I'm I'm happy to watch all ten episodes. Here's the other thing. I wonder, did they know after shooting episode ten, plan for thirteen? Is it gonna be wrapped up or does it just stop abruptly and know. nothing gets wrapped up because they got shut down? I have no idea. Right, that'll no suck. Idea. It could have a. It's almost not even worth watching if you don't know if there's going to be a resolution at the end of the season. All we know is after ten episodes, they told him to shut it down. And why is uh, there's different reasons? So uh, whether it's money, so are you going to continue to watch? I, this? I did. I wa- I was going to start to watch the second episode because I can't. I want to see more Alec Holland once he turns into Swamp Thing. I want to see what happens. Oh, I was like completely. I'll watch it for the show, and that's it. I don't plan on. You don't plan on watching it. What's the point? It's not going to go to the second season. They didn't get to resolve it, even the first season. That's the thing. If, I doubt if it. If it just ends abruptly after 10, that'll be a bug. Big, like, that'll be a when big bummer. You, when you're at the last three episodes, yeah. that's like a whole lot of shit that happens still. I, you know, they may have been able to smush it all in. I don't know. Now, the thing is, they could move. If they can move production, they may get started again. But, yeah, this is weird. That Warner Brothers would decide to, they're giving, you know, I don't know if Doom Patrol and Titans are getting second seasons. I love Doom Patrol. Check out Doom Patrol. Still not one of those things yeah. is worth, not one thing that I've seen. Eight bucks a month. DC. Yeah. Is, is worth is worth even 
I mean, maybe Doom Patrol, I didn't watch all of it, but even that, it's like, even that's just like, it's okay. It's good. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. it's, I don't think it's great. Yeah. Because like, I would have watched it if it was great. I wouldn't have been able to not, you know, like I watched all of Cobra Kai. I got to watch the second <laughs> season of that. I, I watched all the second yeah. season. Is that and free I could, now? I, no, but I couldn't wait to see the next episode. I was yeah. like, oh my yeah. God, I got to watch the next one. Yeah. So, uh, plus they're a half hour long. Yeah. It's different. But like, uh, with uh, Doom Patrol, I'm like, all right, I got to sit down and watch this. Like, I know it's going to be a good time, but like, I just got to force myself to like make time for it. I Towards the end of the season, I was really looking forward to Fridays to watching Doom Patrol. I, I mean, it, that, yeah, but I don't want to have to wait. Yeah. Well, now you can watch it. all of it. Yeah. It's all Hello. out. All right, let's do some news from the nation, Rugs. Get that fart box ready. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. Are you done? No, no, there's more. Okay, you done? Oh, yeah, I shit. I, I started early. You did. You got to wait till the flush, but that was the long. You had a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> you had a lot in there. That was different. I think that's my greatest accomplishment. I think it is. That was that. That was a classic. I felt like I was Jimi Hendrix performing a song. Yes. Like Jimi Hendrix, the first time people going, what the fuck is that noise? Like, yeah, I was. If, yeah. <laughs> How is he like, making that into noise? It, I was Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar with my teeth. Your ass was on fire, just like his guitar. My slack holes, slack holes burning. burning like, like there's acid in your headband. Oh, I miss the '60s. Yeah, there was a fog. <laughs> uh, this is the segment where I pull stuff for you. The listener has posted or sent us emails or posted to our Facebook group. A lot of people posting shit about Dark Phoenix because now it is officially out. Uh, the Friday, June 7th recording is released Friday. And, well, it is the lowest rated X-Men movie on Rotten Tomatoes so far, which is shocking. It's sitting at 23%. 23? 23%. 4.59 out of 10. This is lower than X. I don't believe that that's the proper score. X3, lower than uh, X-Men Oranges, Oranges, Wolverine. Like the last entry into this franchise coming in as the lowest rated X-Men movie Fox has made Uh, Thursday. It took in 5 million from Thursday night preview screenings. That's less than what Godzilla took in. Yeah. On it's Thursday, which is 6 million. It's also less than apocalypse made 8.2 million on Thursday. Days of future past took in 8.1 million. On uh on its Thursday, so rugs. This looks like another case of just like Godzilla. The reviews are gonna take yeah, this. Well, it's but this one looks like it kind of deserves it. It's the stupidest time to, to let out movies. The past two weeks, the past three weeks, it's all like, isn't it like people graduating and shit and and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, there's graduations, there's weddings, there's, and they're so fucking crowded though. Isn't there like proms? There's proms, I guess, or some kind of dance that they're going to at the end of the year. So it's like all these teenagers yeah. are not going to the movies this weekend. They're all down the shore. This weekend is the big shore. Oh, this weekend is where that. Everybody the, goes down the this shore. is the Jersey down the shore weekend. Oh, yeah, this is shit. where it begins. So, um, 
Yeah, it's just not the greatest time to release movies. It's super crowded, too. Every the box every office. week, there's like a big movie coming out. Like, almost every week all summer. Which is crazy. Well, these big movies, like these Disney movies that have these huge audiences, like, they pull the second, third week. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they pull a lot of money. So they're still sucking out, like, almost like 50, 40 million every weekend out of this box office. Which is amazing. They're estimating that despite the bad reviews and the low previews, that this thing will still open at maybe 50 to 55, 45 to 50 million opening weekend domestic. But I say at least 50. At least 50. And they're saying overseas it could make as much as 120, 135 million. It could have a $170 million worldwide opening. Right. Then I think it goes down after that once word of mouth goes out because. Man, I, I've just been skimming these reviews, and like, I now I'm excited to go see this fucking dumpster fire that everyone says it is. Let's go see this train wreck. Yeah, because how I mean, bad can this be? Right. Like, it's weird when people when people label these things dumpster fires. Yeah. I'm like, is it really going to be that bad? To be unwatchable. Well, look, I think going in with really low expectations, I may actually be entertained. And uh, we will have a review next week for the listener. We will go watch this supposed piece of shit movie. Let, yeah. let you know. It's just it's just a movie that nobody wants. Yes. Well. And didn't need to be we already made. did it. Yes. But like what a whimper of a end of a, you know, 1920 year Fox X-Men franchise for it to go out like this. Apparently... Uh, Sophie Turner, Jessica Chastain were talking about how the script was being rewritten on the set daily as they were shooting. That's never a good sign. I, I don't think that's a good way to make movies is just, hey, I wrote something yesterday from that shit we were talking about yesterday. I wrote new pages. Let's put this in. Wow. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, do you think it's a good idea to make a movie about, like, an entire plot line you did a movie of already? No. No. I mean, they do Batman versus the Joker, but at least the, the story. They change it up. Yeah, this is. He's just a bad yeah. guy. The, the narrative's completely different. But this is, like, a, the story of Jean Grey and the Dark Phoenix and all that other stuff. It's got to follow some certain beats that you're just following again. Yeah, they literally are trying to. And at least the first time they had the Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean love triangle. Right. There's not even that in this. Oh, like, shit. What, what, yeah. what, what, how are you going to feel invested? Like, what is this going to, who is the, who is the connecting thread here? I don't know. Right. And then this is the thing. You can do a movie about something that you just did. If you're going to do it, balls to the wall. Better. Like, the right way. Yeah. Yes. They were better. And it sounds like, like let's really do it. Cause they're still not going to make the actual dark Phoenix that we know from the comics. Yeah. Like that. That great story. That story would take uh, you know several movies and setup and character yeah, development. That be its own trilogy. Yes, do that on like HBO or something. Well, now no one's gonna no. watch it. It's been done like three times already. It's wasted. That's one of the reasons I'm so mad at like Batman versus Superman because they wasted that fucking fight. They wasted so many things from the Dark Knight in that movie that you can't make anymore. You can't do it now. Not at least for like twenty years. Uh, and you could have done. You could have had Clint Eastwood. Play Batman back in like the nineties and done this fucking movie, it would have been amazing. Yeah. And but whatever. The point is, is uh this movie, Dark Phoenix, it there's no it doesn't need to exist. That's all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it it doesn't. just doesn't need to be there. I guess there's no point in it. Just like when they re redid uh 
Spider-Man's origin and Amazing Spider-Man, it didn't need to happen, and it was it was completely unnecessary. Nobody cares about Peter Parker's parents. Oh shit! Why do you have to give us stuff about the parents? This has been done before, it's, and it never works out. I mean, so we, we, it's, it's a pattern that we've established. And then just the you know, this has a history of uh, being pushed back and reshoots and rewritten, and uh, yeah. it's the end of uh, the Fox's X-Men. We will let you know. Exactly how bad it is. It may not be. There's so much X-Men stuff they could do. Yeah. And I don't know why they decided to do this one and not do it right. Don't do it. <laughs> like, if you're not going to do it the way it is in the comic books, and you're just going to do some weak-ass version of it. Why? Don't do yeah, it. And you're why? closing it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, just don't do it. And for Simon Kimberg, that's the, the first movie he directs, and he's writing this, and, like, uh, it just doesn't. It's like, take the, take the shit into a new place. If you're gonna fucking end it, let's like you know end it with something that's unique. I can't wait to see what a mess this is. It's, it's this is ridiculous. gonna this is gonna be great. Uh, moving on, David Zika posted a link to that show we talked about last week, Good Omens, with David Tennant, Michael Sheen, based on Neil Gaiman and uh, Terry Pratchett novel. He said, "Binge this. Really liked it. It kind of has a Wes Anderson does Armageddon feel." Nothing heavy, easy to get through. I don't know the original book. I watched the first episode. It was very enjoyable. Uh, the the story is great. The tenant is great. Michael Sheen is great. John Hamm is playing Gabriel, who's also really funny, and it gets you right into kind of the 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 whole plot story of the Antichrist coming to Earth and the uh, upcoming apocalypse. Rugs, I would check it out because. I was watching this and it reminded me a lot of Sandman. And I was like, why can't they could just make a Sandman show like on Netflix or HBO? I think this is like the, you know, the toe in the water and that whole thing. Holy shit. If you took the Sandman trade paperbacks and each one was a season of television, do it on Netflix. It would be amazing. I would, I think you, you would have a new like obsession. HBO did American God. Yeah. Or stars did that. I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. I watched the first season. And now we're on to this. So it's kind of like. We're getting there. Yeah. And eventually they'll probably hit the Sandman up. Because Good Omens is a lot like Sandman. It's like a demon and an angel, good versus evil, trying to stop the coming of the Antichrist. And uh, like, I'll spoil a little bit. Set up the first episode. Like, their job is to get the Antichrist baby into this one couple, bring it to Earth, and there's, like, three babies, and they fuck it up, and the Antichrist goes to the wrong baby, the wrong family, and it cuts to, like, 11 years later. There's a hellhound. They don't know where he is. They're supposed to come to power and and bring Armageddon, but they lost track of the Antichrist. So, like, it's funny. It's good. I thought it was good. Mm. Yeah. Like Preacher or something. It is. It's a lot like Preacher, a lot like Sandman. Without the gore. Yes. Yes. More. And it's, it is light. It's not too heavy. Also, Francis McDormand as the voice of God. Not bad. That's apropos. Yes. Not bad. I think that's, that's dead on. And she does a great job. Uh, uh, side note, Chernobyl ended five episodes on HBO. It's fucking some of the best shit I've ever seen, Rugs. This is an amazing historical narrative on TV. I've never seen anything like this. On IMDb, apparently it is now the top-rated TV show of all time. And it's it's so good. It's so you mean top-rated TV show. Of all time. Uh, what does that mean? It means uh user ratings. Here's what it says. Chern- uh Chernobyl, HBO's gritty and horrifying retelling of the worst nuclear disaster in history has jumped to the number 1 spot on IMDb's all-time TV rankings. 
just days after the series concluded. It has a 9.7 star out of 10 average rating from about 140,000 users on IMDb. Uh, That's a good question. Oh, here we go. Uh, That puts Chernobyl ahead of Breaking Bad, 9.5, Planet Earth 2, 9.5, Band of Brothers, the original Planet Earth, Game of Thrones, and The Wire. It tops all of those are your top top Jeez. rated IMDb shows. Chernobyl takes the top at nine point seven. Listen, if you haven't watched this, if you don't know what happens, you will find out what happens. It is bleak, it's depressing, but it seems very accurate. It's amazingly written, you know, well researched. This guy went there. Uh, I loved it. It's amazing. And just you watch it and you're like, I can't believe this fucking actually happened. Like we were so close to a global nuclear holocaust. Like, did it bum you out? Now, it makes you mad and just alarmed that this could have happened and it could easily happen again because the whole thing, the whole theme is what is the cost of lies? You know, Russia keeping lies, not giving out the propaganda numbers, not keeping things from their own scientists because they don't want to admit errors. They don't want to be embarrassed Le- do you think that we don't do the same exact thing? Oh, well, we probably do. We definitely do. Beyond the shadow of a doubt, we're just better at it. It's a lot about th- this is a country that, n- that never wants to be embarrassed on the public stage. And, the, you know, the series of human errors mixed with, you know, the government not telling scientists certain things about these reactors. Like, it's just it's an insane story. In the last episode, he really explains really well how a reactor works and how this could have happened because the whole time they're like, this is impossible. This could not have happened. How did the and then And then he goes through it and it's so fucking riveting. It's so good. Like one dude fucked up and then that was, it, it was, and then it's like a series of things that one dude is just, uh, you know, need a lot of it is these people needed to pass the safety test to get a promotion and whatever it took, we we're going to do the safety test and a bunch of crazy things happened. By the time they did the test, it turned into a fucking bomb. And wow, it's good. It it's 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 definitely deserves that high rating. Uh I would check it out, but prepare to be depressed. You're gonna want to watch something funny afterwards. Wow, you gotta cleanse the past. Yeah, because it's fucking deep. Here's the other thing I thought was interesting. HBO did a really good job at maintaining buzz after Game of Thrones with Chernobyl, right? Game of Thrones ended and people were still talking about Chernobyl, people were still watching HBO. Now that Chernobyl's over, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they have left for the summer. They got to think of something quick. Yeah, I think it, there's going to be a little lull. It's going to die down because they're the cancellations occur. Yeah, they're really. Is it? It's really easy if you have the app. Really easy, as we've seen people post it to just click that button, turn it off. Uh, but I felt like they did a good job with Chernobyl keeping the buzz going with the Game of Thrones lead in. So great show. Check it out. Uh, Estan Duville on our, our Facebook group posted uh, the first look at uh, Wonder Woman 1984. There's a poster coming out June 5th, 2020. Rex, you seen this crazy, trippy, colorful poster? Yeah. What do you think of this? It reminds me of a Trapper Keeper a little bit. Yeah. Back in the day with the bright purples and oranges and Gal Gadot wearing some kind of gold armor. I mean, it's different looking. Yeah, it's very different. I mean, the, the fact that it's got all these crazy ass colors and it's like kind of psychedelic It's very psychedelic i kind of like that um then you got her in her gold armor that's the one that she usually wears the eagle head with the wings on the back yeah of it's it. gold eagle armor from the comics apparently right yeah 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 uh, so she yeah. does wear that okay. in the comics 
a version of that in the comics. So it's not like completely out of there, but she like rarely ever wears it. I mean, the only thing I would say is like, does this scream Wonder Woman to you? Like, does it need to? I don't know. Well, listen, they gave you Wonder Woman in three movies. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, know you got that. Now. You got yeah. that version. Yeah. They're going to switch it up a little bit. And we know, like, this isn't a sequel. They're planning on doing just like James Bond, like standalone movies, like different adventures at different periods of time. With so that you know, that's going to be interesting. Do you think that this movie's series has got legs? I, I mean, I think after the the first one was received so well, and uh, she's got tons of fans now. I think there's a lot riding on the second one, so I think it's going to be a big next summer, June fifth, a year from now. Do you think there'll be like a bunch of more? Wonder Woman, that's it, or this is it. It depends on how good what they do with this one, because... Like, it could, like, I could see it turning into something. Yeah, it could be an amazing franchise. Because everybody loves Gal Gadot, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, she, people, like, you know, they, she has a lot of fans, people like her, there's people who hate her, too, but, like, people like her. And uh, she's well-received. She was, like, one of the better parts of, like, you know, Justice League. She's well-cast. I think she makes a great Wonder Woman. Yeah, so... I don't know. This could be a thing. If this movie is any good and has has legs, they'll keep making it. Well, look at their uh, their strategy moving forward now, and I think it's smart to have uh, these movies not connect with each other and just be one good standalone movie. And if they continue to do that, what they did with Shazam and Aquaman, uh, and then do that with this one, you got Birds of Prey and the Joker movie, and they're all their own thing. This could be like a huge. This could be like a big Batman franchise for them. Bunch of Wonder You're Woman. Saying movies. this is not a sequel. It. They're not considering it a sequel. It's just another Wonder Woman movie. It's you know. It's like not a. It's gonna be because it's first of all, it's in 1984, and uh, somehow Steve Trevor is in it. We'll, we'll see how. But they're saying it's not a sequel, and they want to go ahead and make just standalone adventures, which I think is smart. Because what really can you pick up from the first movie? It's a different time period that they've dealt with it. It's 50 years later. You could just tell another story in the 80s with Wonder Woman. I don't know if people are going to go for it. Mm. Like if it's like that, if it's like it's too much of a shift. The whole thing with Steve Trevor is the reason why they're doing this. I don't know why they were there. They're whatever that is. That'll clear it up. Whatever the Steve Trevor deal is. Because like, we don't know if they're going to acknowledge that he died at all. Right. Or he's cloned or it's like his son or it's a flashback or it's time travel. I just think they would be weird. For these not to like connect, like, just be standalone at least, movies. At least in some way. Yeah. Because this is not like uh, X-Men First Class versus like X-Men, you know, The Last Stand. Right. Right. This is like not a whole. This is the same person, the same cast, the same guy. Cast of Steve Trevor, same like everything. So same, same director, director, yeah. Patty Jenkins coming back on. So hmm, I don't know. That's a good point. We'll see how it will be presented. Uh, now we, it, they did that with Aquaman, kind of like yeah. they like swept a bunch of stuff that happened under the rug in the other movie. Well, they put everything in that movie, yes. And uh, they're like, we're moving forward now. If you uh, were expecting any teases for Wonder Woman or Birds of Prey or the Joker movie at San Diego Comic Con 2019 at Hall H, eh, you're not going to be getting them. Well, this just is yes. Disney's not doing it either. Oh shit! So Warner's 
Warner Brothers won't have a Hall H panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next story I have is that Marvel will be showcasing its up uh, its at Disney at D twenty three their upcoming MCU films in August. So is it San Diego's Hall H? What who what's left? I just like Netflix. Yeah, Netflix going to come out and show their big movies. Like what? Amazon. Like how are you going to sell this Hall H if like you got no Marvel, it's for no TV, DC? I guess. Oh, yeah. that's very like interesting. The that'll be there. Oh yeah, I guess they could do that. Yeah. So August twenty fourth will be D D twenty three. Where where and there's rumors already that you know all the movies we talked about. Of course, like Black Widow, that's already started shooting before they've announced anything. There's you can. Google pictures of Scarlett Johansson on the set with red hair as black as Natasha uh, and the Eternals. But then I also saw like possibly Nova, uh, Young Avengers, Dark Avengers or New Avengers uh, at some point in, you know, Guardians and Black Panther 2 and all that stuff we've talked about. So what it's going to be interesting to see what San Diego, what news is going to come out of San Diego, if anything at all. Yeah, well, they th- this way they don't get muddled up with all the San Diego news. They'll like have their own moment in the week, and in, in, in a few weeks from now or a month from now, that's all about Marvel shit drop. It seems like a shift now where they're like, you know what, we really don't need to go to Hall H because we can do our own thing and uh, and bypass all that. So I don't know. Yeah, DC doesn't really have a lot going on except for Wonder Woman coming out. Right, they wouldn't they wouldn't have had much to show, but they could have. Yeah, and they don't really need to announce more stuff because they announce fucking shit every week, and none of it gets made. I wouldn't start like like I fucking everybody with Wonder Woman yet. Like I would wait a little bit longer. Tease it out. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I can't wait to do our our annual San Diego wrap up news roundup. But I don't know what's gonna happen if none of these people. No DC, no Marvel at a Hall H. Uh, moving on, Joe Henry, listener Joe Henry, left this comment on our uh, uh, after our show from two weeks ago. After the discussion of the new Terminator trailer, I'm left wondering if everyone has seen the Sarah Connor Chronicles with Lena Headley, who is Cersei. Geek Boner. It's also Sarah Connor. What are your opinions on the show if you have seen it? Also, I enjoyed the Star Wars discussion. I think the jock's take on good writing is on point. Personally, I will forgive a lot if the story is good. Rugs, I kind of watched some of the Star Wars Sarah Connor Chronicles, I think, in the beginning. I watched it all. It was um, Summer Glow. It was like Terminator in high school a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the show? Is it good? Is it worth going back and checking it out? For again? a TV show, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it's not like the kind of show that they do now with so much production value. Right. But they, they had, like, you know, some wacky graphics that would be, like, questionable. But I, I would totally uh, recommend it. I mean, she's always going to be a good actor, no matter what she does. She's great. She's real. Lena Headley is great, or Lena Hedy Headley. <laughs> Headley. How is Summer Glau as the Terminator? She was a good Terminator. Come back to help. I mean, she plays the same part that she did in Firefly, right? Which is like this kind of like distant, right. inhuman person. Yeah. So she did that perfect. Disconnected robot person. Yeah, would you? It was good. It was fine. So, would you recommend checking out the Sarah Connor Chronicles now? I mean, it's never a little it. bit more CW than yes. for the average Terminator fan. But if you're into like CW shows or like even Agents of Shield is a good kind of thing to or like is it that Buffy episode. quality or not quite? No, it's like Agents of Shield. Okay, like like Agents of Shield tonish. Yeah, you know? this is a. 
a while ago. So, uh, and apparently, uh, Terminator Dark Fate will be R-rated, according to James Cameron, and it will continue John Connor's story, according to James Cameron. Huh. He says, we'll be continuing with Sarah's story, John's story, and the T-800 returns. A different T-800 with a different role to play than what we've seen before. So, I guess John Connor will be in there. I don't know. That's going to be another movie nobody's asking for and may not do well. So John Connor is in this. I guess, I guess it continues the story uh, for how long? Who knows? Hmm. But uh, Terminator Doc Freight. Uh, Jesse Rodriguez shared a link uh, to the article that announced that Batman comic book writer Tom King is co-writing the New Gods screenplay with Ava DuVernay. Geek boner. This is kind of cool. It's kind of crazy. I kind of I'm kind of digging this because uh, you have Ava DuVernay who knows how to write scripts for movies, knows how to make movies, but she doesn't know the comic book side of things. And this new God's Jack Kirby property is crazy. But you got Tom King, who's written Batman, who just wrote Mr. Miracle, who is a new God, and he knows the comic book side of things. I think these guys collaborating and co-writing, the screenplay is a very good idea. What do you yeah. What do you think, Ruggs? Well, I think uh, it depends on who really has the lead and who really is... Uh, allowing like the the comic books to come through into the script and if she's like really open to it it could be cool i feel like um i don't know ava is not my favorite director uh she did that what is the one uh, a, wrinkle a wrinkle in time, in time. yeah it was not the, and that just I, from the previews it looked like horrible yes it was not it looks the so bad critically so, received movie as a director i don't really like her vision yeah uh, she's better when it's just close to reality because I think that um, oh I see uh, that wrinkle in time was far from reality and she really didn't understand what 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 to go for there. So um, I'm now I'm gonna get yelled at because it's not a movie for me. <laughs> it's for kids, rags. Nobody went to see it, so don't ask. <laughs> it wasn't don't a movie for me. anybody, I guess. Yeah, it had Oprah so, in it, and still nobody went to see it. Yeah. But um, let's see what happens. I mean, the new gods, I won't be upset because I really don't have a big affinity for them. Yeah. So it's not like she's like ruining my thing, but I'm just worried about it being the script was one thing, but directing is the other thing. Well, you know, on the one hand, you can argue like Tom King's never written a screenplay, but that's why Ava DuVernay is there. And yeah, she's a good writer. She's yes. good at that. And uh, you can, some people have compared it to like Jeff Johns signing on for Green Lantern and these other movies. And really, I he didn't, what did he do? I don't think he helped anything, but I, this is a, a, a direct co-write, co-writing credit. Tom King used to be a CIA officer, all, by the way. He Whoa. he's an ex CIA officer, and then he wrote, I think, Sheriffs of Babylon that I started reading about like Afghanistan, and then uh, wrote, got, had a great run on Batman, and then Mister Miracle, who is uh, what's his name, Scott Free, son of the High Father, raised on Apocalypse, so he is a new god. So he's uh, he's in this. Uh, Granny Goodness is also a new god, right, Rugs? Um, I think that she, well, Granny Goodness is. Is she a god oh, that's or is she dark, on Apocalypse? That's Darkseid's henchman. Yeah. I'm thinking of Big Barda. <laughs> Big Barda is a uh, new god. I believe so. You're talking about Orion is one. Orion is one of the new gods. Uh, I, I There was a great uh, casting pick for Big Barda. You know who'd be great? Gwendolyn Christie. Fucking Brianna Tarth as Big Barda, right? 
Wouldn't that work? I thought that'd be great. And I'm sick of her being that role, though. She's always Captain Phasma or uh, <laughs> Brianna yeah. Tyler, not Big Barda. I would take the girl, um, DeBecky, whatever her name is. She was the gold woman in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, the, yes. She's like, she was in The Great Gatsby and she like towered over Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, she's super tall. That's not bad. That's not bad. I just like when they, you know, they they get smart and they're like, hey, we need a comic book person to help write this movie and they actually get one. Uh, Hopefully this works out. And like New Gods and then The Eternals also for Marvel, very similar. So it'll be interesting. I don't know when this movie's coming out. Uh, Joshua Gibson posted a link to. Uh, did you see the Rambo Last Blood trailer, Rugs? Yeah, it's like Home Alone with old <laughs> oh people. Oh my god, this I, I don't know what to feel about this because growing up, I loved, I love fucking Rambo. I love First Blood. I watched the cartoon. I had Rambo toys growing up, and he right. he was a badass. I don't know how much that second movie holds up now if I watch it, but this one, it's like he's he's in the border and. Uh, they're coming after him, and I don't know. He's got to stab and kill a lot of people. That's the last blood. I think somebody that he knows gets kidnapped, and it's of like course. he he kind of like lures them back, kills them all, and then goes and gets it. Stallone is seventy two years old. Oh shit! Uh, and we're gonna get, <laughs> we're getting a seventy year old Arnold and Terminator. Would you believe year old that, Rambo? He looks amazing though. Would you believe it? Like if you knew this, like when you were like. 12 years old at these fuckers. That's 30 years from now, there's going to be another Rambo fucking movie. Movies. Why don't you just... Like, still going to be making action it's, movies. Like, it's they're insane. not just, like, happy to just yeah. go home and, like, you know, eat tapioca pudding and shit. Like, they, like... It, it's crazy. What's next? You're going to bring back Commando and Over the Top? Oh, shit. Is that what you're going to do, Stallone? Bring all that shit back. You're talking about 72 years old. How about Stop or My Grandmama Will Shoot and he's playing the grandma? I don't know. <laughs> At this point. Like, what do 72-year-old people do? <laughs> I don't know, but he's still fucking like, jacked, bro. I know. He's huge. I know 72-year-old people. They just watch TV and then... And look, clip coupon. At 72, <laughs> you should be resting and enjoying yourself, not, you know, doing stunts and with a gun and knives. Yeah, you should be moving to, like, Fort Lauderdale and <laughs> keeping but traffic But, dude, so. God bless B- B- Stallone. He brought back Balboa for a couple more times. He's bringing back Rambo. I was like, fucking John. What was Balboa? How many years ago was that? Was that, like, uh, like well, 15 years ago? Or uh, the movie, Rocky Balboa? I mean, yeah. you can count the Creed movies, though, too, you know? Was it like 2006 that Balboa? Rocky Balboa was 2006. Was that Rocky 5? Is that 5? So that was. Oh, that's Rocky so, 6. So that that's was Rocky uh, 6. 2006? Yeah. All right. So that's four, 14 years ago? Uh, right. Sure. No? <laughs> but yeah, 13, 14 years ago. Thirteen years, yeah. thirteen years ago. So he was fucking. Was he? Was he fifty something? No, he was. He would have been in his sixties. Yes, he still would have been in his sixties. Son of a bitch! <laughs> fucking last blood. Will you go see this? Is this did this trailer get you into it at all? I'll watch it because it's Stallone. <laughs> did you see that thing that they did with Stallone's face and they put it on Arnold Schwarzenegger no. from the Terminator? Oh, no. That sounds confusing. They did a deep fake. It's crazy. Oh, that sounds confusing as hell, though. Look it up. Just go like uh, Terminator deep fake with Sylvester Stallone. It's great. They just put his head on it. Went in fucking 
John Connor is talking to him, and, but, shit, and he's just sitting there with his, his <laughs> facial expressions moving everything. Oh, but does he say anything in Stallone? Uh... I don't. I I didn't see that part. Oh my god! I just saw him walking and like reacting to Eddie Furlong. <laughs> That's confusing. Uh, Brian Goff. Uh, let's close out with a question from Brian Goff. This is a pretty good one. He says, "Hey Nation." What's that show you're currently watching that you wish would just end already? Or one you had this problem with that has since ended? A past one for me was Sons of Anarchy, and now it's The 100. I swear, if this show didn't have a plethora of beautiful women, I would have stopped watching two or three seasons ago. I got a couple of responses from The Nation. Brugs, does anything jump out at you? I mean, I don't watch anything that that I don't want to watch, so. You just did anymore. No. There were, I mean, the Arrow was going on too long, so I yes, stopped watching. So Lisa Morrison says the entire Arrowverse, and uh, I stopped watching Arrow too. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go back, yeah. and because it just kind of ended up like, being I can't the same believe thing. Walking Dead still on. That is another one. Jess Rivera says Walking Dead shits whack, keeps sucking me back in. Same with me. I'm probably going to watch it when it comes back. I'm not watching Fear the Walking Dead, but that is a show that should have ended. That needs to end. Uh, right. That needs to end really badly. Blake Braden said, "I'll be the boring and obvious person to say the Simpsons." Yeah, I've not watched Simpsons. It's, ever. You know what? It's still good though. I don't doubt it that it's, it's good, but I mean, it's just like it's it's just like I don't have time for this. It says it still can remain topical and and be satirical and comment on I love new the shit. Simpsons, but yeah. I love them for so Once long. It's been on it's for like, fucking okay. thirty thirty years. Yeah, yeah, it's been on so long. And then Bill like, Bill Vincent said, "Agents of Shield." While I do love the show, I will concede that it probably should have probably should have ended. Uh, they're just oh yeah, they're just milking it now. That should have been gone a long time ago. This new season is very interesting. They found a way to bring Clark Gregg back as Coulson, and it's kind of wacky. And there's a space adventure, and it's weird. Like I thought, like a lot of shows. There's a lot of shows that are on that I can't believe are still on. Yeah. That's a different thing. Like, but. Supernatural's been on for, like, 15 seasons? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? People still love that show, I guess. How is this show still on the air? And I also, I was, you got to hand it to Jerry Seinfeld to go out on top at the height of popularity. He knew. He's like, he did not want to end the show when it was when it was going down. And he's like, we're at the top. We're fucking ending the show. I was like, all right, well, that's one, now. That's one way to do it. You'll never have that stink of... Oh, the show jumped the shark at the end, you know? He got ahead of that. So that's the other side of it. But I think the main one is Walking Dead. Like Modern Family's still on, right? Modern Family's ending this year. I oh, I, I do still love that show, but like the Goldbergs should be the ending. Goldbergs, it should be the nineties by now. What the fuck, right? Yeah, it's oh, been it's still the eighties. Modern family, the girl, like she's gotten pregnant, and they're having a baby, and they have a grandkid, the daughter. Uh I still love that show, but it is ending this year. And the little, the little girl is all grown up, and she's a teenager. So that you know, it reminds me of like the later years of growing pains, like when they all grew up, and you're like, Ugh, this is not good anymore. So like, okay, so these are things that are still on, like Family Guy, still on. Oh God, that's been on for a long time. American Dad, still on. American Dad is still making new episodes now. Like Law and Order, they're never stopping. Oh, the, none of the Dick Wolf shows will ever end. Like NCIS, Grey's Anatomy, still on. Holy shit, that show has been on for like ever. ER was on for way too long, also. Fifteen seasons. Grey's Anatomy is still on. Yeah. Jesus, how many? Yeah. Fuck that show. 
NCIS. Okay. Uh, all those, but all the CBS shows. Hawaii Five O is still on. No, that's that can't be on. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's in its ninth season. <laughs> there is no way that that show should still be on. I can't believe it's not canceled. <laughs> like Blue Bloods. That's not his ninth season. There's a Bob's Burgers. I thought that got canceled. Oh, I love time. Bob's Burgers. There's a thing about the shows on CBS that I think the older demographic, it's just like comfort food and they'll watch no matter what. It could be the same shit over and over again. Like all the Chicago Dick Wolf shows and, and Law and Order shows. Dude, that Lucy Liu show. I've never even seen it. Elementary. Oh, that's, that's the Sherlock show. Years. Yeah. Holy that's shit. their version of Sherlock. It's Herlock. Herlock. Is South Park still on? I don't know. It could be. I think South Park still, when they do put out a season, still kills. They were on a long-ass time. And it's still on. So there's a couple of shows that I agree with you. I'm like, how is this still on? Like Big Bang Theory was one of those, and they just ended that. I'm going to go to shows that have been on for 10 seasons. So like Smallville. Yeah. All right, Roseanne was on for 10 seasons. Beverly Hills 90210, that was 10 seasons. Wow. That was, Jesus. The X-Files was 11 years. Cheers is 11 years. NYPD Blue was fucking 12 years. Two and a Half Men was 12 years. That's just fucking crazy. (laughs) Dude, uh, Law and Orders have been on for 20 20 seasons. (laughs) Gunsmoke ran 20 seasons. Uh, but you're right. Grey's Anatomy, the CSIs, ER ran for 15 years from 19. 19- Lassie was on for 19 seasons. Not, what? Like, oh, how deep can you go with Lassie? 1954. Like, that's, that's, the guy, the kid falls in the well and, and the dog gets the dad. And that's like every show. That's all, you that's, do that for 19 yeah, years? Yeah, almost 600 episodes of Lassie doing that the same That dog would never shit. have made it to half that. that would have been dead. <laughs> No dogs. Simpsons at the top, thirty seasons, six hundred and sixty-two episodes, and you'll be able to watch all of that on Disney Plus. Talking nerd when it launches, if you want. We went deep into that. Er was on. I had to look. Er was on for way too long. Nineteen ninety-four to two thousand and nine. Fifteen years. Fifteen years. It's long. So I think some of these shows could be retired. Like a run of like five years is more than you most shows should have. Like five year run. Well, I mean, it's, it. it's also it's kind of different where you know you look at Seinfeld where the first season really wasn't that good. They needed a few seasons to figure out, and then it just kept picking up steam. And then at and at year nine, they're like, "We're done because it's not going to get better." But nowadays, if you don't come out of the gate with Bones a good show, Bones has been on for twelve years. Bones, Bones is still on now. No, no, now it stopped at like two thousand seventeen. Was Friends too long? That was ten years. Um, Friends is like a sitcom. I think sitcoms are a little bit different because they're just like rinse and repeat, you know, but like, I think that after it gets really stale after like, started getting stale after like the seventh or eighth year with friends. But when they do that reunion, oh shit, people got to lose their mind. (laughs) They always got to, you got to do the reunion. You think that's going to happen? Listen, if there's money there, they'll. Can I tell you? Okay, we'll end on this. Did you watch? This was amazing. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, and on ABC with Norman Lear did live an episode of All in the Family and the Jeffersons with an all-star cast. Did you catch this at all? No. Uh, it was actually 
pretty amazing. They did not change the scripts at all. So you have Archie Bunker making caller jokes. Is he still alive? Or is somebody else? No. This was. Hold on. Let me pull up. Check out the cast. You didn't see this. You gotta. No. You gotta watch this on on demand because it's it's an amazing throwback to old school. Where was this? It was on ABC, right? Hmm. Amazing throwback to the way TV used to be. And I think if people wanted to know what it was used to be, you should do it. All in the family had Woody Harrelson as Archie Bunker. Marissa Tomei was playing Edith. Uh, Ellie Kemper as Gloria and Ike Barinholtz as Meathead. Uh, and then Jefferson's Jamie Foxx played George Jefferson. And it was amazing. Uh, it was, he did a, he, he who was, who was we? Wanda Sykes as Louise oh Jefferson, God. right? Dude. And oh, I'll tell you the stand. Will Ferrell was in the Jefferson's as Tom Willis. Was Florence. Was Florence. So uh, Justina Machado played Florence. And then at the end of the show, they had the real Florence show up. She was oh. still alive and they had the real Florence. Standouts to me, uh, Marissa Tomei's Edith Bunker was amazing. She nailed it. Like, imagine her in, uh, what's that fucking movie with uh, Joe Pesci? Yeah. Uh, with her New York accent. Uh, yeah. That as Edith was really good. And then Jamie Foxx walking around like George Jefferson. Like, he did a great George Jefferson. And they didn't, the, they had the sets exactly the same. They didn't change the scripts at all. Like, shit that you could not get away with. They just did it, and it was all live. It was really good. I was very impressed. I want to see more like that. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I, mi- I, I got to watch that. I miss those shows, back-in-the-day oh, shows. I'm going to watch that immediately. Watch it, dude. Norman Lear, uh, the master at creating these amazing family. Where do you – so it's on it's on demand? Yeah. Say just uh, search ABC's live All in the Family Jefferson special. It's probably on demand. Now, that was an hour long? It was two hours because they had – Segments with him and Norman Lear, and then each show was maybe like 40 minutes. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Marissa Tomei singing the opening theme song to live to uh, All in the Family was so great. Like, she she nailed the voice. And then Jennifer Hudson came out and sang the Jefferson's theme song. Move it on up. It's, it was really good. I was super. I got to watch yeah. this now. There's your recommendation for the week, listener. Check it out. Live TV. Back when TV was fucking different. Uh, you'll get a history lesson. Everything good is for the eight, from the 80s. It is. Everything good is from the 70s and the 80s. They don't make like that. I mean. They had to get that old man thing. Cla- in that's right. The two grumpy fucks. Look, we're done being two grumpy geeks. Check out the way TV used to be. That's it for the week, Rugs. Tell the listener where they can find you online. You can find me at Really Rug Boy on Twitter, where I argue with a 24-year-old girl oh. for about 30 posts. Uh-huh. About God. Oh, you did. That was uh, the target. You were. Yeah, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Jeez. But this chick wanted to argue. So I was like, all right, let's see how far she'll go. That sounds entertaining. I can't wait to read that thread. Hey, go check it out. That's a that's a good toilet. Read. <laughs> really, rug boy. While you're on the shitter, pull out the Twitter on the shitter. Yeah, absolutely. It's shitter Twitter at really rug boy. Show notes for this episode. Jockinner.com slash two, seven, eight. Have links to everything we talk about, all the articles, how to get in touch, how to support the show, how to subscribe so you never miss an episode, and links to our Instagram at Jockanerd and Twitter at Jockanerdcast. And finally, listener, spread the word, share the show, grow the geekery, spread this empire of stupidity. We'd appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out this week on the Jockanerd podcast. My name is Imran. 
My name is Rugboy. He's not the jock. It, but he's the nerd. We'll check you next week. To you and your mom. Uh, fuck that show. That's a big fuck up right there. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. What do you think about Tony, though? Let me tell you about Tony, all right? Tony ruins lives. <laughs> oh, I know. Talking nerd. We all know this. <laughs> Believe me, I know.